Hey ladies, welcome to WTF, Women Talking Frankly, a running conversation with your hosts, Kyle and Candace. And you, about issues facing women, such as health, hormones, our looks, our libido, life, and anything in between. We promise to dig deep and get into it each episode. Welcome. We're so glad you joined us today. Hi, ladies. Today's episode, we're going to delve into androgens once again with Natalie Gustafson, who is a compounding pharmacist from Lloyd Central Compounding Pharmacy. Last time, we um, mostly focused on lower levels of androgens, such as testosterone and DHEA, and all the symptoms that women have with that and how to treat that. But today, we're going to look at something called polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is uh, a syndrome that... um, is more about, we see that more in younger women, usually was when we pick it up, and it has to do with elevated androgens. So there's a condition called PCOS, or polycystic ovarian syndrome, and the way I was taught is that, you know, people will present with certain, um, a constellation of symptoms. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, women who have it, have you know they have to have two this is there and there's all kinds of criteria about this and it's there's changed debate and there's around debate. It. a lot but of I debate would, yeah. but I would say as a clinician and, and Natalie you can and Candace as a health educator you can chime in um, you had to have two of three uh, criteria one was um, irregular or absent periods two was elevated androgens which we now know the term androgens DHEA or testosterone and or you could have elevated symptoms of high androgens. So you may not be, mm-hmm. if I measure your androgens, it may be low, but you have the hirsutism, the extra hair growth, the acne, the the, the uh, aggressiveness and all those things. Loss of scalp hair. Yeah, Loss those yes. hair from the top of right. your head. And then yeah. the third thing is, as a, and I would always do this in people, even if they met the first two criteria, I always felt like people had been... S- PCOS had been overlooked for so long, it was a Band-Aid approach to treat it. Put them on birth control pills, get them back their mm-hmm. periods. So I would always have people get an ultrasound, mm-hmm. pelvic ultrasound, mm-hmm. to, to actually look at those ovaries because the ovaries have a different look. They have more immature follicles, and they sort of gather around the periphery of the ovary, and it's called the string of pearls. It's a very mm-hmm. distinctive look. And cysts that are the... Little mini cysts. Yes. And, hair, and so those women, so what happens is, is you lose that... Uh, relationship between the ovary and the hypothalamus, or the human, what is it called, HPA axis, mm-hmm. and you don't have ovulation occurring at the right, you know, the way you're mm-hmm. supposed to, then you don't get progesterone being secreted by the ovaries, The you get two higher levels of testosterone, and then things begin to cascade down. Self-perpetuating right. cycle. It's yeah. No ovulation, right. no progesterone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so then, you, and then people getting weight, and they get, and they get acne, and they get extra hair growth, and these are young women. Yes. Yeah. Well, and they know now like 50 to 85% of women with PCOS are overweight or obese. Mm -hmm. Uh And a lot of that has to do with the insulin resistance that's occurring. So Mm -hmm. of course they have a higher risk of diabetes as well, Mm -hmm. type two diabetes. They also have a higher risk of cardiovascular disease and they can get fatty liver. So there's lots of complications that can occur with it. It's not very well understood. It's still not. It's very murky. The treatment is murky. The diagnosis is still a bit. I've heard that you can have PCOS without having cysts on your ovaries. You can. Yeah, because you you can. So it's a misleading term, really. It it is. It it makes me wonder about, you know, for women who do have the cysts on their ovaries, um, 
there's an obvious issue. There's infertility risks. There's, you know, in, in fact, I think PCOS is the number one cause of mm-hmm. infertility. And 10% of women have PCOS, yes. by the way. And it's, it's really underdiagnosed, right? Well, it yeah. Is. And then when I would, when, so when I learned, I learned sort of classic textbook. This is back in the 90s and when I was in my uh, second program. And um, you always learned that people were overweight. And then you began to see women, or I began to see women, who were very, very thin, and they had exactly the same yeah, symptoms. And I was like, well, that's too. interesting. Mm-hmm. So I would begin to test them and go, huh, they have PCOS too. So what I've read is that those people are less likely to have the fertility issues. They're less likely to have the insulin resistance. Yeah. So your yeah. risk if you're overweight or obese is about 70% to have the insulin resistance. If you are lean, it's only about 30%. Okay. And one of the treatments they do to help with fertility is recommend weight loss. That does help. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I think so, I read as, as little as 15% weight loss can can really change the picture. Oh, it's oh. huge. Yeah. It, yeah. it is huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I actually have a couple of people that I see um, that are twi- uh, identical twins, and I've been doing sort of a consultation. They're, they're friends of mine, and I've been doing um, treatment with them. They both had irregular periods. They're in their, their early 20s. They had acne. They had extra hair growth. I put them on some supplements. I put, gave them a diet, a lifestyle change. Both of them immediately started getting irregular periods, and they were like, oh, my God, <laughs> just supplements, no drugs. That's great. It was great. You know, there's, So I think if you catch people early enough and get them exercising and get them on a weight loss Mm -hmm. program that includes a healthy balanced diet lower carbs you know more healthy fats it's interesting to talk about the causes you Mm -hmm. know because there are i mean is there a hereditary cause Mm -hmm. there was something i found in the um, university of chicago has a medicine center for polycystic Mm -hmm. ovarian syndrome they found that 30 percent of women with pcos will have abnormal glucose tests Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. And 10% will be diabetic by the age of 40. So then you think about epigenetics. Oh, definitely. Are we, right. you know, we're talking about this, the diet, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you have an abnormal glucose, maybe you don't even know that you do. And they're also talking mm-hmm. in this study about 50% of sisters of women with PCOS will have similar symptoms. Mm-hmm. So it's important for, you know, if you have any relatives, sisters, mothers that have this. But how does epigenetics come in? I mean, let's talk about how what you were just saying, changing the diet can be can be huge. Um, but there are other theories. There's iodine deficiency. There are people out there that would tell you that PCOS scar tissue is from a lack of iodine. Mm-hmm. There's Dr. Lee's um Dr. Lee's theory, Dr. John Lee, was was very concerned about the xenobiotics, the xenoestrogens in, you know, women who are exposed in child, babies as... Sure, as, in utero. In utero, mm-hmm. as those follicles are extremely sensitive to these chemicals. So there could be this this link between what went on in utero. Oh, what, I, what, I, what were they exposed to? When I was at a functional medicine conference probably about 10 years ago in New York, they talked about that. They said, um, when you talk about epigenetics, so epigenetics simply means that, you know, you, you're born with a gene code and how you live your life right. helps you express those genes and that can be it isn't like a one-time deal it isn't like when you're a child it's you can change some of the epigenetics in your life even at 40 years old Mm -hmm. change Mm -hmm. your cardiovascular profile but they said think of pregnancy as not nine months but 12 months so don't just think of the nine months of pregnancy go back three months before that baby was even conceived Mm -hmm. that shapes your genetics and i thought that was Mm -hmm. a very profound way of looking at things Mm -hmm. right yeah i mean it does so when women are trying to get thinking about getting pregnant i always tell them well, before you even get pregnant, let's start cleaning things up 
It's yeah. going to help things. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, make sure they have the right supplements. Make sure everything mm-hmm. is, you know, repleted and, and not, you know, drained. Even vitamins and different things. All of that has such big impacts. But I definitely see a genetic piece. I mean, I certainly, yeah. and I'm sure you mm-hmm, do too, mm-hmm. where it's interesting because these women went through this didn't know what it was when they were in their 20s, 30s, 40s, maybe. Now they're starting to go through menopause. It's finally getting diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, they're shoving their daughters in and saying, hey, I think you have this too. Yes, And they're getting treatment Mm -hmm. now at a younger age because their moms are recognizing that. And I would also see people who, like you said, it was pro- it's probably one of the most undiagnosed conditions in women, that and endometriosis, mm-hmm. I would think, yeah. are the two top ones. And so they come in to see me. They have high levels of androgens in their 40s and 50s. That's unusual. They have they had problems getting pregnant when they were younger. Maybe they got pregnant once with Clomid, and they got the next pregnancy without. Um, why would I want to diagnose them at that age? Because I want to identify them as maybe higher risk of diabetes and heart disease. And I would do, a lot of people just do what's called a hemoglobin A1C, which just looks back at your blood blood glucose in the last three months. I would do a fasting, fasting insulin. insulin. Mm-hmm. I do a fast a fasting glucose, a two hour insulin, two hour glucose, because I want to pick up early insulin resistance. And you don't see that in the hemoglobin A1C. You don't see that in a lot of no. tests. Right. Yeah. And the insulin resistance, it's so more subtle, right? It's so, it, subtle. It's so much earlier than by the time you're seeing the A1C changes, you're so many years into it. exactly, And so you really do have to look so much earlier mm-hmm. in order to really see, because it's much more subtle. And one of the things that I think we often think is, oh, the high androgens cause this insulin resistance, but really it's the insulin resistance causing the high androgens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you think about the core of this, we always think, oh, PCOS, high androgens, the core kind of goes back to this insulin resistance and Again, its yeah. impacts. The overweight. I think, yeah. I had a young girl come see me um, last, about two years ago. She was, I think, 19 years old, and she weighed 280 pounds. Mm-hmm. She was about 5'10". So she was a, a tall girl, and she was so, I mean, she came, came in a, from a family that was not very wealthy. They weren't very well educated, but they really respected her. And she came to see me, and I was working with Tracy, our favorite nutritionist, and she and I teamed her, and we got her on supplements, and we got her on a good diet. She was down 40 pounds within a, a couple of months. It was profound, and gradually, you know, she definitely had PCOS. So I diagnosed her with insulin resistance at 19 years old, guys. I mean, this wow. is really young. Really you know, young. You know, you think about type 2 diabetes. She was headed to type 2 diabetes at so a very So she might have age. had some of that epigenetic, she might have had some of that genetic. Terrible diet. Pre-diagnosed, and then the epigenetics was the terrible diet, yep. the carbs, the sugars yep. that increase the insulin level. And the medical research does suggest that a higher insulin level tends to cause the ovaries to stimulate production of Testosterone. the androgens. I mean, yep. that's what we've heard for quite but very few. You know, when I talk to the average person, they don't really know that. They don't no. know the link between their diet, their history of junk food eating and processed foods. And Well, you see, I mean, sometimes I walk down the street and I'm and sure you guys see, and you see these families of like these very large obese parents and you see these little kids with them you think they're already moving in that direction and it's how do you stop that cycle you know michelle obama had a really good plan trying to really talk about nutrition and and getting kids to move Mm -hmm. 
got to get that cycle. But this is encouraging news. Reti- I mean, this is yes. news you can use for some people listening here. Yep. Because I, 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 there are so many people that are concerned, like you said, the mothers that have had this problem, and now there's an awareness, and that's good. If women start to become more aware of the symptoms of PCOS, the signs and the symptoms, and bring those concerns to their doctors, so the doctors can become more, you know, enha- enhance their medical knowledge that it maybe doesn't boil down to just giving that, putting that person on birth control. Right. Or metformin, right. but a lot of treating them as though do. they have diabetes oh, yeah. already. Candace, right. it hasn't changed that much. No, I mean, no, it's I mean, still the mainstay, and yet they re- fully recognize that most women with PCOS are not satisfied with that treatment. Mm-hmm. But they no. still—that's what they—it's the go-to. They push. It, yes. And I know naturopaths that even do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of interesting yeah. to me. It's like it's always that thing. I remember again hearing Doctor Oz speak years ago. He talked about being a cardiovascular surgeon. He can go in and he could repair anybody's arteries and get them cleaned up and get them back to where they're supposed to be. Then he started thinking, but that's not the answer. I need to go upstream. I got to change their diet. I got to change their mm-hmm. exercise, give them supplements. It's the same thing with PCOS. Mm-hmm. You got to go upstream with this thing and say, you know, I can't just give them spironolactone. I can't just give them metformin. I mean, right. th- those might be appropriate treatments at certain, at certain times. Mm-hmm. They really are. But how about we just say, how about some of the supplements? How about some of the lifestyle changes we can see here? And those can be, I mean, amazing. I put people on some of the supplements and I can see profound changes, not only in their symptoms, but their levels. Mm -hmm. Oh, hugely. Well, and if you think about the high incidence of mood disorders in this group too, mm-hmm. right? Anxiety. Very high anxiety, very anxiety. high depression. Well, think about why they're having anxiety. No progesterone. No right? Yeah, right? all that progesterone. And, well, and that's the thing that's kind of strange in this too is progesterone can go into testosterone in these women, which is not a normal pathway. No. It should not go that direction. That should can not it? occur. Really? Yes. Yeah. And it's not oh. a typical pathway, but uh-huh. most of these women, the proge- not only are the androgens high, but their progesterone is tanked. Well, and they're not ovulating. And they're not ovulating, so right? So actually, there's nothing to create it. So is it actually hmm. then, um, is there any progesterone made in the adrenals? To an extent. Small amounts? I think a small amount. I think the majority, though, is from really from ovulation. And so, yeah, definitely the anovulation is the primary reason why the progesterone is low. And then if you throw them on birth control, which prevents ovulation, it's then lower. it's going to be even lower. Okay. And you're plugging those progesterone receptors, which mm-hmm. would take the progesterone you still have with these synthetics. And so, and yeah, it's going to protect the uterus, but it's not protecting the brain. And so we're actually increasing these anxiety and mood disorders totally. in these women mm-hmm. and calling it treatment. <laughs> well, and to your point, I think one of the things that comes up with PCOS and the reason we put people on birth control pills early on uh, in the more allopathic medicine mode is that we worry about a woman with PCOS, not when she's young so much, when you don't have, pe- when you don't have ovulation. You don't have production of progesterone, which provides protection to the endometrium so you don't get hyperproliferation leading to endometrial cancer. Those young women are not going to have that happen, but they're going to have irregular bleeding patterns. They're going to have thickened endometrium. And as they get older, I always tell them, now, I may not be seeing you forever, but I want you to know that you have to have some kind of protection for the endometrium along the way. So it mm-hmm. could be it could be progesterone, it could be an IUD with progestin in it, but it could be supplements like Chaseberry, whatever. But you have to have protection. And then so the, important. And then oral contraceptives, of course, is a, a treatment, mm-hmm. like you said. And yeah. if it's somebody's trying to be on birth control, that's that's fine. But if they're not trying to be on birth control, right? I think they need a better workup. Yes. 
Agreed. Yeah. You know? And and think how many women we have successfully treated with PCOS Ugh. using hormones and using herbs without yes. doing any of those treatments. Totally And agree. in general, the satisfaction level is pretty high for those patients. Those women are buzzing. They're yeah. happy. So They're, there's, yeah. a, there's a bit of controversy around that, though. I mean, I remember Dr. Lee, again, talking about if a woman's uh, if cyclic progesterone, if progesterone rises every cycle as it should... Mm-hmm. then there is very little, there should be very little PCOS developing. Yes. I mean, he kind of boiled it down to that simplicity. Mm-hmm. But then there's another conversation around PCOS that has to do with things like Vitex right. that can be used to help PCOS because it's a natural, mm-hmm. um, indir- I mean, sort of a naturally occurring promotion of progesterone. But at the same time, it can raise LH, Mm-hmm. Which can you speak to that? Because we don't want to have supposedly many women with PCOS have increased levels of LH, and that's a problem. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. Or the LH and, FSH oh, ratio. Yeah. That's been sort of debunked. The LH FSH mm-hmm. ratio. That, that at one point in time has it. Well, this is what I, I learned. See that LH has to be tested. Prolactin has to be tested. You They're have not to be testing really it as much as they used to. I mean, mm-hmm. a, a basic ah. workup for for PCOS for me would be. I would do a full thyroid panel because I'd like to see what the thyroid's doing. I would do a prolactin level. And the reason is because sometimes with people who don't have any periods, they have too much prolactin being produced and that uh-huh. can stop their periods. And that but, suppresses these the other hormones. Well, the, the, well it's, more, it's more about stopping your periods that you're worried mm-hmm. about. So you're just trying to figure out, is it the thyroid that's causing you not to have periods? Is it the prolactin being too high that's causing you not to have periods? Mm-hmm. And then I would look at the DHEA. I would look at the testosterone levels. I would look at their lipid levels. I would look at their glucose and insulin levels. Although, but 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 to your point, Candice, um, you were mentioning about the LH and FSH. I did that for years, but pretty much most people that I know really aren't as concerned about that now, as much as they. But I would look at their FSH because I don't want it to be in premature menopause, mm-hmm. which can definitely be a problem. Yeah. And I have seen women as young as 19 in menopause. It's shocking, but I had. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So well, do you have a comment on that? Because I recently read, I was recently reading that about the LH, having to be really careful about using things that increase, that can increase that luteinizing hormone. So, oh, certainly yeah. you want to be careful with that and, and checking prolactin levels because that's how Chase Tree or Vitex works mm-hmm. um, is through that. And so you certainly want to be watching that. It's not a contraindication per se. Like usually, For the use of Vitex? No, usually we're more concerned no. with things like Parkinson's, schizophrenia, dopamine type uh, medications that they would be on. It can interact with those. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly it will interact with uh, oral contraceptives because mm-hmm. it can affect the hormones. So if you are relying on those yeah, not <laughs> for so birth control, yeah, mm-hmm. I would not recommend. Be competing. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. We don't want to don't want any questionable whether that's working mm-hmm. or not. Um, and so in those cases, I'm more concerned uh, for certain with that. Um, probably less so. I mean, certainly we want to make sure that we're not overly stimulating. We don't want it mm-hmm. to go up. And so you do want to be looking at the prolactin levels and what's happening. Because if that isn't really the issue. While they're on treatment, you mean, while they're well, using. Well, and even before, She was talking right? more about LH, I think. Uh, yeah. Being and prolactin. I mean, I've just come across this information that says mm-hmm. be testing that, be look, be watching mm-hmm. for LH and for prolactin. Well, prolactin, from my understanding, about it, it was more, not so much the treatment of PCOS, but more the diagnosis of it. That you're looking for a prolactin yes. producing yeah, you, t- 
tumor. Yes. And if you're going to do chase tree, you do want to have a sense of where that prolactin yeah. is because yeah, yeah, it yeah. is going to drop that. conversation around chase tree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And chase tree, interesting. So I would put people, some people can't tolerate it. They would yes. get very, very nauseated mm-hmm. and they just cannot. Is there any way they can take it that wouldn't cause that, Natalie? Um, it's actually usually very well tolerated. So yeah. if they are getting nausea, it could be because it is adjusting hormones in a way that isn't great for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it might not be the right thing for them. And there's certainly so many other supplements that we can do mm-hmm. for this that if that isn't well tolerated, there's just so many other ways we can go. And then if we have to circle back, we can. And it could even be that maybe you need to balance or get the inflammation down first. Mm-hmm. Maybe that shift is just too much. But for most people, they tolerate it pretty well and yeah. will help with the PMS type symptoms and those kind mm-hmm. of things. So if they are having that nausea, I would say, okay, let's give that a break and try something else first. So I would use things like Dim, mm-hmm. which would help the um, excess testosterone levels. And we've yes. mentioned that a few times. So we haven't said what Dim is. I think people have picked it up. But Dindolial methane, active ingredient, active extract of cruciferous vegetables, right. um, which have conversion. been shown to help promote proper estrogen metabolism. And there's um, and clearance of testosterone. And clearance yes. of testosterone. And then there's calcium deglucurate, which is what, what does that sound like a good? It can sound like a good combo to help the liver. Yeah, absolutely. Support it. Yeah, there's no issue. Milk thistle. Yeah, milk thistle. You want the antioxidants, right? Mm -hmm. So resveratrol has been shown to be helpful in this. N-acetylcysteine can be very helpful. Um, Oh, good. Okay. Um, That is really great because not only is that anti-inflammatory, but it's also helping with that insulin resistance, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we're hitting kind of both sides um, with that. We want things like the fish oils. Mm -hmm. Um, That's going to be anti-inflammatory and really anti-inflammatory all day day long. Yeah. So if you want to drop the Androgens, things like the sapometo, nettle, uh, PGM, lysine, like Mm -hmm. those kind of things. um, That really helps like bring those testosterone levels down. Ironically, a lot of the supplements will be advertised for like prostate. Yes. (laughs) And they'll be great for this because they actually have all those things in them. So, oh, pumpkin seeds. Pumpkin seeds. Uh What about, what is pygium? Oh, it's just an herb. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just that another in my notes herb. too. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. about D Cairo and Ocetol? Oh, which yes. is, that's a good one. Yeah. We hear about that yes. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's just a, yeah. it's a nutrient in fruits and vegetables. Especially if you're right. insulin resistant. That's meant to somehow mediate insulin yes. function. Yeah, insulin yeah. so that. you actually want more myonositol. Um, you want about a 40 to 1 ratio with the D Cairo. What, um, what's the difference? That's an interesting. Different configuration of the inositol. It's just a little different little tag on it, basically, Uh, makes them slightly different. And so we think, you know, a lot of times they'll just say inositol. Uh But if you are selecting one, you want to make sure it's very heavy in the myo-inositol with a bit of the chiro. Um, They'll often have a little bit of folic acid in there, too, to kind of support it. And it's just really potent. It's very um, anti-inflammatory. And it also is really helping that insulin um, production. It's, it's even been studied say. in cancer, right? It, ma- it, makes, so. it makes you less insulin resistant. Mm-hmm. What, how yeah. does one find, you know, is, is that something that gets compounded? Um, not typically, just because uh, it's a little hard to get your hands on. Um, and so I just usually recommend it as a supplement. It's not, it's not cheap. Yes, it's very expensive. And so when I compound, I have to get really high grade chemicals that are 
uh, like purity level. Mm -hmm. And so those like sometimes supplement type things and vitamins can be quite costly for Mm -hmm. me to do. Um, Simply, I mean, they're really good stuff, but they 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 can be like hundreds of dollars a month. Yeah. And so for this, because it's already spendy and there are some good ones that already have this 40 to one ratio because of the studies that they've done, they already have it set up to do that. So that's the ratio of the Mm -hmm. D-Cairo with the Yeah, you want Mayo to be 40 to D-Cairo's one. So you want a lot more Mayo than you want the D-Cairo. And I think when, you know, um, getting back to the lifestyle things, that once you get people on these supplements and their lifestyle begins to change and they begin to lose weight, Mm -hmm. then they get less of the insulin resistance. And Mm -hmm. sometimes people actually become become you know normal again their their whole body shifts mm-hmm. or if they've had one baby i'll see them but almost like the pcos goes away it's like a mm-hmm. reset like it's like a reset your thermostat or something it's kind of interesting oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah especially if women who lose weight right um, they might need the um the help getting pregnant the first time with some mm-hmm. of the fertility drugs mm-hmm. but the second time they are good yeah well and for me i think both of you know that i have pcos right mm-hmm. yeah i think and, yeah. I'm natalie's, yeah. and natalie's yeah. a tiny one as here so but i wasn't when i was struggling with this when yeah. i was having like the insulin resistance um i and so to kind of control it for me so i never had progesterone i mean i was 25 and i had cold night sweats i would wake up soaking the bed mm-hmm. it but cold and just full sweat and i just had no progesterone no cortisol everything was just fully depleted and for me like you know of course they had put me on birth control pills and things like that and that never worked like mm-hmm. i never felt better with that i mm-hmm. always felt awful and for me this is also genetic actually both sides uh, my mom really struggled uh, with cysts um, and things like that and then i've learned actually biologically on my father's side I've talked now because I have nine siblings that we've d- found. Wow. And four of us have PCOS. Oh, isn't that interesting? So, so that is, so that's mm-hmm. a lesson people should be listening, get yeah. get tested there. Yeah. Well, very you know, important. people say, yeah. my aunt couldn't have kids mm-hmm. or my mother, she had an early hysterectomy. You kind of lose the family history then because like back yeah. then they weren't testing and people right. were not talking. Right. It's a problem. Well, and if you think about it, we all were in vitro babies because our moms couldn't get pregnant. And oh, so a lot of us. IVF? Yeah. And so a lot of us, it is the mom's side still, right? Even though we weren't genetically related through the mom. So Mm. it's kind of a bit of both, right? So then there's that sort of toss up of, okay, is it really through paternal gene lines or is it the population that had to go in to get IVF? Mm -hmm. So very interesting study with that. Um, But yeah, but from genetics, it's been really interesting talking to them about that. What was interesting is you just said, I have PCOS. Mm Mm-hmm. So is this something that you have for if you've had cysts on the ovaries? Oh, even yeah. Though you can have it without uh-huh. cysts. Yeah. So you still for have me, or you don't? I was pretty classic. Um, I had high androgen levels. I uh, had high androgen symptoms. I had cysts on the ovaries. I had... Um, you had acne. I had acne. You weighed a lot more too. And I and I weighed more. Like yeah. I was forty pounds heavier. Yeah. Forty yeah. pounds mm-hmm. heavier. Do you yeah. Have, yeah, Natalie is I do, but I'm I don't yeah. know so being different. heavy. But I also have to oh yeah, and if you and when I look at pictures now of myself too, I almost look like I had autoimmune, right? I was so I had that inflammation yeah, kind round, of mm-hmm. round yes. on my face. Like mm-hmm. it's really interesting to see the old pictures now. Wow. Yeah. But even but, though you've changed this whole mm-hmm. picture. Right. And you're obviously not yeah. in some reason, you still would consider 
that you have. Oh, for sure. I can't. Like if I eat a carb, like, I mean, I really have to be very strict with diet. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to supplement with progesterone. I have to take a lot of different herbs and anti-inflammatories to get. And now my testosterone is normal. Um, and so all of these things, but I have to do all of that to yeah. maintain it, but I have regular cycles, like all of this. And I did all of that with progesterone and, and, uh, herbal supplements. And then, you know, things like fish oils and mm-hmm. cysteine, and changing your diet, changing my di- diet and, and fiber. And I work out a lot, fiber is like, huge. well, not too much, but you uh-huh. know, I, I make sure to, you know, have that piece, like keep that insulin, you know. And the muscle. So good. Well, yeah. in your own case, as a case study, why mm-hmm. do you think you? How do you think you? So you think it was a genetic thing? Oh, for sure. Mostly and I in, think I think it could be both sides. Definitely, my mom. Anything oh, my mom in really the struggled. lifestyle that? Well, you were talking about mm-hmm. being heavier, and your diet was different. And oh yeah, well, so and you were insulin resistant, so and, there was that right. on top, that layer. Well, on grad top school, of, right? And what, and what was the yeah. stress of grad school? The, eating what junky. Was, and what food? was your diet like when you were a kid? Oh, I mean, yeah. Think about well, so as a kid, my mom was an organic nut. Ooh, so super clean. Helped that helped me a lot. And then, huh. of course, poor college student. It's all ramen oh, and yeah. sugar to get Dollar through those bag. exams. Yep. That was yeah. a cheap dinner. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the stress of going through pharmacy school. Oh, you know, yeah. I just saw all of four these Four years or five or how mm-hmm. many years is it? Yeah, it's of four years. nonstop. Yeah. Totally. Mental and physical. Yeah. And you're a high achiever and you have high goals for yourself. Right. But does this sound familiar? High testosterone. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you a lot of drive. Mm -hmm. Just to show you that, I mean, you were heading heading in the wrong direction and you were able to take yourself, make some amazing changes in Mm -hmm. yourself, and probably didn't have an autoimmune. And, and right. No autoimmune. I have no autoimmune and my mom had lots. Oh, and so and so that's why I've been very aggressive with this because she had autoimmune and died of cancer. And so for me, oh. I was like, okay. And she died yeah. at 48. So oh, no. Really yeah. Eating? That's yeah. terrible. So I took it seriously. I was like, okay, I yep. got to get this under uh-huh. control. And of course, gut health is a big piece to this too. And Kyle was instrumental. I mean, no doctor had ever figured this out. Like, they just, you had PCOS? Yeah, no one. They just kept brushing me off and, oh, you just need this. Oh, it's normal. Oh, it's this. And then I went to Kyle and she was like, mm, we're going to need to test your insulin. We're going to need to look at this. And then she everything came me. out. Aww. Everything oh, came out. It's been so yeah. long. So I, don't, I mean, I, I remember. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, know. this was a, ages ago, I but know. you totally saved. When all the tests I came back. Felt, I just have a very high suspicion for people mm-hmm. with hormonal imbalances. Totally. I think it's just my, my yeah. one of my superpowers. But do you realize like, androgens are so, so high? Yeah. yeah. This is so rare, though, because mm-hmm. I do, you know, I the people I talk to are hearing this for the first time. I tell them about Alyssa Vitti's book, Woman Code. Mm-hmm. She cured oh. herself of PCOS, didn't mm-hmm. take the metformin, you know, took all the metformin mm-hmm. and the birth control right. and did all, all of it and was told, you know, you'll be infertile. And, and that, that's oh, what a lot of people still mm-hmm. hear, that those are the only, those are the only approaches. Options. And yet there's this whole world... Oh yeah, of some. This is why we do this podcast. Yeah. Well, and and you think about it, I I whole world of hope. I remember (laughs) saying to people, if I hear, if if I had a dollar for everybody who told me their doctor would never, I could never get pregnant, I would have been rich a long time ago. Oh yeah. There are so many people. I mean, unfortunately, women. I mean, out there listening to us today, is we are so up underrepresented in, in drug testing, 
and you know research for many 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 years it's, we're starting to catch up now mm-hmm. um, but we are definitely given all these like sort of platitudes like this is the way it is you'll go home and mm-hmm. you know you, you, you'll live with this same thing with the menopausal symptoms that's why we talk about this stuff and right. Natalie you were told that you were bounced around from provider to provider oh, yeah well that's why I say if you want a great life ask great questions right you've got to ask great questions yes. I was a patient advocate right you know right. I, I push I, I didn't settle with you know I knew the answers weren't right Right. And so I did a lot of research. And then as I got into compounding and worked with naturopathic work with you, all of a sudden I went, wait a minute. <laughs> Look, there's something wrong with this picture. This is looking so very familiar. Is there a protocol that women can, I mean, we've mentioned a lot of things here. Individualize. You, you do have to individualize to be. because everyone's so yeah. different with yeah. what's different. high and what's low. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I am, and partially it's age, right? I haven't run into needing estrogens yet. You know, I'll get there, but I'm not there yet. And so yeah. everyone's a little different in which hormones that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I needed the thyroid support too. Um, for those pieces. And so everyone's just kind of different. And so um, certainly you want to make sure that you're, you know, because the it's, testing. It's, these are a lot of supplements we're talking about. It's like, oh, yeah, go yeah. on and take and every single one. People, right. but, well, I think, and yeah, I think getting yeah. back to it, I think, but first of all, it's, uh, the most important thing is everybody needs to be their best own best advocate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you need to keep track of yourself. I mean, track of what you're like, you Natalie probably came in to me and said, I have all these symptoms. And I was like, whoa, some people don't even know the symptoms they have. Right. So knowing your symptoms, knowing your cycles, knowing that a woman should have regular menstrual cycles is number one. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, then something is wrong. And it's it's my job as a provider or your provider is to figure out why that is. And that's why we do those full pattern. You know, PCOS, if you look at books, it tells you to do these tests. I was like, no, those, that's not enough. you got to expand yeah, it. you gotta, you got to rule out all the other stuff first. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to... She could have PCOS, but she also could have something else. She could have low thyroid. She could have a right. prolactin. Well, I think, I think that's part of the mm-hmm. underdiagnosing of it, that you know, women have, so you have your regular heavy periods with PCOS often. Or no periods. And then that, or no periods. Or no periods. No periods. At, yeah. That's more classic. But, yeah. but in the beginning, I think there's just a lot of this irregular period stuff. We're not mm-hmm. having ovulatory cycles, and, and that can be attributed to you know, other problems and then the other symptoms, like female problems and symptoms like hair, hair growth and acne, that's kind of cosmetic. I think women have been embarrassed to just, you know, take these concerns yeah. to the doctor without sounding like mm-hmm. they're vain because they have a few, you know, and, and, or things have been dismissed as female problems and, right. and just overlapping mm-hmm. and not seen as how uh, the seriousness of well, it. Well, as moms of, of women, I think we have to remind our daughters and teach our daughters very young you know that come to me talk to me tell me what's going on with you don't you know don't just say oh I'm like I'm not like my friends like I'm 16 years old I'm having a period once a year Mm -hmm. that's not normal right now that is not normal I can look back to my adolescence and be like oh yeah Look at all these symptoms I had then, exactly. and we didn't even recognize it. And doing a, I mean, Ken is getting, I mean, one of the things as a provider, it's really important to go back. When people come in, like Natalie, I probably dialed back and said, what was your menstrual history like? You know, yeah. How old were you when you oh, first started yeah. having periods? What were they like? Were they regular? Were they irregular? Did your mom have that? You know, kind of really del- you know, digging, kind of creating um, a, 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 a groundwork for my next 
phase, which would be testing. That's that's the way. But you have to go to somebody that's going to listen to you and, yes. and not just say, oh, you have regular periods and acne. I'm going to put you on birth control pills. Yeah, Boom, right. end of discussion. And that's how yeah. I was taught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was and fine. it is tough because the mainstay says do that. And so oh, yeah. it's not that they're even necessarily doing the wrong thing. They're doing what's the accepted thing. Exactly. But it's not really the right fit for it's these a women. It's a band-aid. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't really help correct the underlying. It, what it do, all it does is, mm, yeah. is make a woman feel normalized because she's yeah. having periods and it's protecting the lining of her uterus. That's it. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. all you're accomplishing. Yeah. And I was pressured very heavily by other physicians to continue on oral contraceptives. Right. And so oh, yeah. I, I had to actively say, no, I'm not doing <laughs> that. And I got a lot of pressure like when I would go into OBGYN kind of thing, like always, they're like, why aren't you on this? I'm yeah. like, nope, I'm doing it this way. You should yeah. tell your yeah. story on your, do you have a blog or any, anything on your, well, on your website? Well, here you tell her story right here. I know. And you know, I, I remember so that one, people can read a, it. So I didn't realize when I first started, to, I, mean, I, I like PCOS as a practitioner mm-hmm. because it's, 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 it's um, interesting. It's a challenge. It's Challenging. hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it, takes, it takes a while. It's a puzzle. It's a puzzle piece. Yes. But um, I'd have women come to me and put them on chase period. They come back and say, my anxiety's gone. They hadn't even told me they had anxiety. <laughs> you know, and then I, then I started putting it together. Like, no progesterone? Of course you're going to be anxious. Right. I mean, what, that's what happens with PMS and perimenopausal. Anxiety, classic, right? So these women are having those kind of symptoms. Her cold, hot flashes that she was having mm-hmm. th- because of no progesterone. It's, it's like almost like the opposite end of the coin right? when you think about it. Yeah. But I think, and we don't have to belabor this, but I think that's a really important discussion about the fact that progesterone, we're talking about the dire side of having no progesterone is going to lead to all kinds of problems like what oh, we're describing. Yeah. But why are we not making progesterone? Why do we have women who are not, uh, you know, we talked about veganism. Is mm-hmm. it all those things? Because, I mean, you had yeah. no, you're saying you had no progesterone. Why no. did you have no progesterone? Why were you not ovulating Right at and, your age? Well, yeah. She was. Oh, she said she was overweight, yeah. the diet was poor, mm-hmm. stress, and she had so, PCOS. But so I also, already, and I had irregular periods always, even when I was very thin. And so, especially as a teenager, they just assumed I was too thin, right? Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. And so they're like, oh, you're just too and, thin. And, you're <laughs> kind of, and you can't have PCOS if you're too thin. That right. would be other thing. That, right. that was what got overlooked because I didn't start getting weight till I was like 25, I think, 26. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. I, that's why I got brushed off a lot when I was younger because like, How and even now have... if you look at me, I don't, I don't have that classic no, look. No, not at all. And so it was definitely right. kind the of brushed off. skin is perfect. Well, that requires work too. <laughs> That's okay. So I think, you know, basically, um, is there anything else you want to say about PCOS before we... I would just like to say that I think it's, you know, it's it's a confusing, mis- it's not a disease. It's really more it's like a, a hormone imbalance. It can right. be called a disease. But I think it's, it's, it's really like boils down to a hormonal endocrine. imbalance, doesn't it? Oh, so, yeah. It's like a meta- metabolic endocrine disorder. Yeah, it's basically. an endocrine disorder that yeah. can be approached with natural means. It can be tested for. Kyle has mentioned some of the things that we test for. I've heard leptin being tested for in relation mm-hmm. to PCOS as well. So, mm-hmm. But finding a good practitioner, talking to your local compound, going to functionalmedicine.org, go, you know, to find a provider in your area. Talk to Kyle if you're in Portland. You're, you're starting your consulting. consulting practice. She's retired, so but she's excited. starting a, a consulting practice I am. again. Probably by June 1st, I'm pretty sure. So. You can't let so people excited. like Kyle retire, can we? No. no. I've had people reaching out to me. <laughs> I've missed you terribly. Oh, I'm so you. excited that you're coming I know back. my brain I can't is... Wait. I'm, I'm going to... 
I'm going to reboot uh, my brain, I guess, again. <laughs> and and also, I think I think one thing I listening as a layperson here, an educator, but learning myself, um, is that this isn't just you know you hear of this as primarily a disease of women, a, a disease, and you know a syndrome, a, a syndrome of women under fifty. But it, you know, younger women sure. because of the infertility piece. But it's a, but it matters it with matters. older women right. too. Yes. And if we see these levels, we want to alert them because of that, the impaired insulin response, because of the resist, the insulin resistance and the obesity and the risk for diabetes. So it's just as important in all age well, women. Well, it's kind of like measuring, finding out that somebody has a history of high lipids in their family and measuring their lipids when they're young and saying, you know, you have high lipids at 18 years old. These are the things you can do to change it. Again, it's going upstream. It's it's trying to prevent. It's trying to prevent Prevention the problems. Is the cure. It is the cure. You know, yeah. let's say an ounce of uh, what did they say? A pound? But was it? Uh, ounce, ounce of what's that? Prevention what's that? is worth prevention. Is, is a pound, pound of, of cure. cure, and it really okay. is. And you think about yeah. look that. at that collaboration. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God! It took three to come right? up with that one. I knew I knew there was <laughs> something in there. Better than one. <laughs> Well, I, clearly. So I think the bottom line here is, you know, getting back to what we do and why we do it with this podcast mm-hmm. is that if you think you have a hormone imbalance, go to the, somebody that you can work with and figure out what the imbalance is and make the changes that you can have that provider help you with whatever, you know, tools that you need to get back to balance because you can achieve balance again. And we, we talk about asking good questions, but I think we also need to answer some, you know, seek the answers, seek to understand, bring that information to our providers and insist, insist. That, they, yes. that they address this, you know, that right. this isn't something that you're just being vain because you've got zits, you know, it's no, a lot, hair it's on a your lot face. deeper. Yeah. Well, and you've got to protect yourself, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, these, yeah. these are huge long-term impacts, especially postmenopausal. You know, we talked yeah. about how that testosterone level doesn't really drop after. Mm-hmm. And right. so it's not going to really drop. And so this is going to continue to be, and then your risk factors are going up meanwhile, mm-hmm. and then you're losing that estrogen that's protecting you. And so it leaves you very vulnerable, very important to be proactive. And it's a lot easier for young women to make changes and prevent the further um, d- mm-hmm. dangers of this happening. Yeah. And changing, like Natalie's a perfect example, losing 40 pounds at a young age. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. it's easier yeah. for you to keep it off. Right. Yeah. yeah. I've maintained it for a long time. You have. You mm-hmm. have. So. And we should make the point, too, we... we we started talking about androgens, the lows, the highs. We we've ended on this note with PCOS, but I, I hope the takeaway here is that these hormones work in synchrony, and that mm-hmm. to to get a picture of either if you're being plagued by low levels or high level, know the symptoms and know that this is a picture that you need to you know you need to get the whole picture. You need to shed light on all of these important, especially the estrogen, the progesterone, the androgens. And your cortisols, your adrenal levels too. So testing and then plus what you were talking about, Kyle, with some of these other, um, uh, what were we talking about testing? What were the other things that you test? Insulin, fasting insulin, so important. Mm -hmm. And and insist on that. Hugely. And blood sugar, probably a blood glucose and and HbA1c. Vitamin D levels. We know that, I mean, already we have a huge incidence of deficiency here, but in PCOS, the levels are even higher. Mm -hmm. And so very likely to be Say that again? Very likely to be vitamin D deficient if you have PCOS. And we already have a high incidence here. So Mm -hmm. very important to get that corrected. Mm -hmm. That was really challenging for me to correct that Mm -hmm. that was 
that was one of my hardest levels to get. That yeah. took me years to really? get back. Yeah. yeah. Probably had bad absorption. And you know, the yes. Framingham Heart Study, has yeah. show, there is a good study out there that shows vitamin D deficiency with a threefold increased uh, central obesity risk. Mm-hmm. With, with yeah. Sure. Yeah. Lower the, so there's and, another tie in there yeah. that gets confusing. And I have a vitamin D receptor genetic deficiency. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And so, but who chests that? You know, so I'm like, so how common is this with PCOS? Do we see this frequently? You know? Yes. That's, mm. these, I, I, that's, on my, that's in my panel too. Yeah. DB12. Oh, yeah. Info. So important. Yeah, so important. We keep learning. Yeah. We continue to learn. So ladies, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. We've had, had a great time with you, Natalie. You've always Thank the you. most amazing guest, full of information. And your own personal story, too. That was great. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I, I feel really passionate about helping, especially women's health, obviously. That is very personal to me, autoimmune, different things like that. And watching what my mom went through. And Thank you for sharing and wanting all to that, help. too. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't mind because I want, if my story can help another woman mm-hmm. or help them recognize and help protect oh, them. Oh, it will. That's, I mean, that's it huge will. to me. You yeah. know, that's why I'm in this. This is why I do this is, um, you know, I get so many patients who, and I I know you do too that they've been overlooked a long time or people don't really recognize and the people I've been able to help the people you've been able to help it's so rewarding because it really gives them their life back it's and so really, it's so protective for it, them too in the long run which is huge it is really the best feeling in the whole world when you see somebody and they're kind of a hormonal mess and they come back and they say my, you know you changed my life and I'm like that, there's no greater words to hear at the end yeah. of the day you know if you have a stressful day someone says you changed my life that's why it bring, keeps bringing us back. That's why I'm coming out of retirement. Right? You can't stay away. And, and we sitting here are that famous triad. Yep. I'm I'm the educator, but I'm the patient listening to the provider mm-hmm. and to the compounder. You know, right. we're all mm-hmm. all the pieces are here. Mm-hmm. The questions that we all have, what we're learning, what we've gone through individually, is just a reflection of what all of you out there listening are going through as well. But I think uh, there's been a lot of encouraging information here. There is a way forward. Don't be discouraged out there. If you feel like you haven't gotten the right answers, keep asking the right questions and Mm. you will get the right answers and you will find that you'll get back to your own balance as well. We wish you the best. Touche. All right, ladies. (laughs) Till next time. Till next time. Well, here we are at the end of this WTF Woman Talking Frankly podcast episode. In signing off, we want you to remember that what you are feeling is not all in your head. And that you have so many options to choose from to get you back to balanced living. Until next time, be well. And remember, if you want a great life, you need to ask great questions. Be courageous. Ask for what you need. With love, Kyle and Candace. Our website is womentalkingfrankly.com, where you can find all of our episodes, check out the show notes for resources, articles, and remedies, and where you can also feel free to email us with any questions, a hormone story, anything you'd like us to share with our listeners. Women Talking Frankly, WTF, is produced by Dan Rigger of Medicine Whistle Studios in his lovely Southeast Portland, Oregon studio. We want to thank our webmaster and dear friend, Deb Hollister of Pure and Simple Graphic Design. We also want to give a shout out to all of our family, friends, and patients for all of their support and encouragement to start this podcast. We are your hosts, Kyle McAvoy and Candace Birch.